All right, hello. This is episode 14 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. And tonight I've got a real treat for you, uh, all the way from uh, Harbersville in West Virginia in USA. Um, we've got Brian Starr, who's uh, a member of our Facebook groups. And um, this is going to be a little bit different um, to what you might be used to. This may be a bit more informal. There might be some chat about music, particularly rock music. And some quite heavy things as well. Uh, Brian's had, uh, seems like, uh, as we say here, a bit of a, a tough ride uh, in life. Uh, but he's going to talk about um, kind of multiple concussions and things as well. And his, his own personal experiences uh, of going for a real, real uh, dark, deep night of the soul. Um, but he is a lovely gentleman as well. So, you know, please give me your time and attention. And uh, this is the interview that we, uh, which we recorded just uh, a little bit earlier. So I hope you enjoy, and uh, please keep your comments and things coming in. Thanks. Right, so tonight, folks, we've got uh, a massive treat. <laughs> it's all the way from Virginia. Uh, we've got Brian Starr, and he, he's agreed to come for a chat, and just to talk about his own experiences with concussion, life in general, or the, the dark side of life, and the healing side of life as well. Um, so hi Brian. How you doing? I'm good, thanks man. You? <laughs> good. Jolly good. Yeah. So thank you for for uh, coming to join us. Uh, can you start by telling us a little bit about um, a bit about yourself and how you found us uh, like the groups on Facebook and so on? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, 46 years old. I live in Virginia, where I was born. Um, I found the groups on Facebook by searching for uh, post-concussion syndrome uh-huh. uh, groups, uh, TBI groups. Mm. Cool. And then, you know, I started trying to share, you know, and see other people's stories. Right, so you're only like a year older than me, or, or less than a year older than me. Were you born 74, 73? 72. 72, all oh, right, okay. No, I'll, so, I'll, yeah, I'll be 47 <laughs> Seven, cool, right, so you're in a bit older than me. Right, okay, so um, for those people that haven't listened to the podcast before, yeah, we'll, we'll interview people in the group we'll, just to connect people together as well, uh, and that's, I think it's a really important thing. So, right, I know this is, might take a little while, Brian, but can you tell us a little bit about some of the injuries you've had, or the more significant injuries that you've had that have really okay. caused you problems, please? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try to go into them. Uh, you know, it's a little hazy because most of mine happened when I was very young. Okay, my, uh, yeah. My first, my first concussion was five years old. Mm. Um, I, I was playing uh, dodgeball in school, right. and uh, another kid ran into me, and his forehead hit, my, hit me in the right temple. Ouch. And uh, I woke up in the nurse's office, I think, uh, you know, a couple hours later. They, I... They never took me to the hospital or anything. Really? I guess they didn't no. know about concussions back then. No, no. Um, Jeez. My second one, my second one was I was playing baseball. I think I was seven, and the uh, coach was uh, in at batting practice, and he hit a ball, and I was on second base, and it hit me right under the nose, right on the top lip. Wow. And uh, again, I wasn't taken to the hospital. Right. Um, but I know there are concussions from the symptoms, from the puking and the, uh, you know, the, the, yeah. you know, the terrible things that happen. Passing out for two hours, yeah. 
Yeah, um, but after, I've had nine in all, but I would say the worst two was, like I told you before, when I was 14, a, mm. uh, this is kind of weird, me and a friend were at his house, and, yeah. and uh, a high school football player, for some reason, had come over there and was mad about something with the other kid, mm. and uh, he, the other kid, he threw a rock at this guy, which probably, he probably weighed about 200-some pounds, he threw a rock at him and hit him in the face and broke his glasses, oh. and he ran in the house and locked the door. And when he did that, the, the other guy, the high school guy, he, he just looked at me and just came at me, and he picked me up over his head and threw me head first into a rock garden. Oh, my and, word. Fucking yeah, hell. I wasn't even involved in it. And, uh, you were in the up, way, though. Huh? You were in the way, though. You got in the way, and he took it out I on you. I guess, yeah. Holy Moses. And I don't even know his name, and uh, I woke up mm. several hours later. And it was dark, and I had to crawl home on my hands and knees. Uh, and I did go to the hospital that time, and they yeah. kept me overnight. Then they released me. Yeah. And the last concussion I had was in 1992, which you know may sound like a long time ago. But yeah, it does. Uh, it? Uh, I was kneed in the face in my left eye, and then the, the back of my head hit a concrete wall. This was in prison. Oh, shit. And uh, I didn't lose consciousness. I can't believe that. But no, you toughened up by then. Yeah, it was terrible. And uh, uh, after that, I lost all feeling in the left side of my face for about eight years, I think. Right. And but nowadays, I don't have any migraines anymore. Um, I still have loss of vision sometimes. Hmm. Um, but the only symptoms I really have now is just terrible, terrible <laughs> depression. Right, okay, yeah, that's something we... It's the feeling of, I call it the dark. Yeah, the darkness, yeah. Yeah, it's like a tunnel vision thing, like sometimes I'll try to go to work, mm. or something like that, and just uh, just a feeling of dread comes over me. Right, yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that from, I mean, my, my injuries have been nowhere near as bad as yours, but, you know, I can understand that from personal circumstances I, I ended up kind of losing my job my home everything yeah. and just being home that's being that's homeless and, yeah so I, I was just like out in the streets and I was like yeah but that depression it's not only your situation that's causing you to be depressed but like you say you get into this this almost like all you can see is oh fuck my past was horrendous and that's bad and then that depression just takes you right yeah. back there yeah, so, and, and the, the you know the the weird thing is is that you know the whole time I was in prison and you know when I got out of prison I had to rebuild my life from scratch. I'd never even had a job before. I was a drug dealer before I went to prison, so I'd never right. even had a real job. Mm. So I had to completely rebuild my life from scratch at the age of twenty six. Twenty six. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know I did it and. See, back then, I didn't know anything about concussions. And no, no. Kind of weird. Well, it, it wouldn't, I guess back then, it wouldn't have even been an issue, would it? People wouldn't have thought about it or said nah. anything. Or, there's, there was no awareness back then. I mean, no, you know, I, I, nah. I was still, like, back in, like, 92, 20s, I was, I'd only just started working, and I was like, you never heard anything anywhere, ever, about mm -hmm. concussion or post, nobody heard what, nobody knew what post-concussion syndrome was. Yeah, none, none of that. PTSD, it was like you know, oh yeah, somebody hits the head. Oh, you just thought about it like another injury. 
Or, yeah. you know, it's like somebody's yeah. like got a wound on the leg or their arm or the foot or whatever. You just thought of it as another injury. You didn't really associate yeah. it with uh, the darkness or with depression or anxiety or anything. Yeah. I didn't really even have any of that. Even in my darkest days in prison mm. are, are not as bad as now. Mm. And I was, I've been to some pretty bad prisons. <laughs> well, I bet you have some of the best ones over there, I understand. You know, it's... Uh, no, I guess that's what <laughs> Sorry, man, I'm kidding. Um, so, right, were there any things that you do? Because in in, in past uh, interviews and podcasts, I talked about like self-medicating and things. I mean, I, I did in the early days. I did because it was like easiest way. Because I couldn't get yeah. I couldn't get any treatment or help over here. It's the, the health service over here. If you live in a poor city like where I do, you're absolutely screwed. Were there anything yeah, that you? Was there anything you did? Like, um, I mean to self-medicate or to try and help yourself or well, did, it, did it just go uh, wrong kind of, <coughs> kind um, of. I've, I've used marijuana since i was about 14 oh, okay um, well yeah. which is a mood enhancer yeah for yeah. me uh-huh. um the other thing is when i was a teenager i did a lot of magic mushrooms ah uh, well, we've talked about that as well i'm glad you brought that up yeah <laughs> and they, they what, psilocybin ones that, yeah they're now saying that magic mushrooms can heal brain injuries yeah it's called neurogenesis brian um it's called i was doing that a lot as a teenager wow so actually you knew right back then like paul stamets the the mushroom guy talks about this he says well it's an epigenetic thing that if you use those types of mushrooms and also like lion's mane as well and if you add vitamin d in the mix then you've got an amazing way for your brain to regenerate itself he yeah, cu- I didn't even know. He cured himself. He he, he told this story about um, one day he went up and like uh, got this big bag of mushrooms, and uh, he used to have a terrible stutter, and he couldn't talk to the girls. He couldn't look any him in the eye or anything. But he said he ate some. He ate something like um, twenty grams and went and like climbed up a tree in this thunderstorm, and by the time he came back down and went back, his his stutter had absolutely gone. Yeah, so, I don't doubt it. I've done a lot of LSD too, but I, I prefer magic mushrooms. Yeah, well, na- yeah, nature's always better. I think although, LSD although, is kind of like being schizophrenic. Yeah, it, 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 I think it, as as a therapeutic tool or as a self therapeutic tool, a lot of people use it recreationally, obviously, and they don't know what they're getting into. But if you use it as yeah. a recreational tool, uh, sorry, a, a, a healing tool then it brings a lot of self-introspection that can be really, really too deep to go into. Yes. But obviously magic yes. mushrooms and, and psilocybin mushrooms are, yeah, particularly strong for new, neurogenesis, which is the like reformation and the formation of new pathways in the brain. Yes. So what, so what I su- suggest to you is that you probably unconsciously kind of found a way to start healing yourself even as a teenager. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? And also music. <laughs> uh, you know, I, music, I, I listen to a lot of music. Yeah, and and that's another Especially thing. Especially when I was in prison, you know. And that's another thing. And I knew we'd got into music, so and thank you for that because that's. I know. Yeah, I knew as soon as you started posting on the group, I was like, yeah, this guy knows where it's coming from. <laughs> in terms <laughs> of music, I was like, yeah, he's all right. Um, so yeah, it can heal you. Ah, oh, yeah, massively. Um, I, I grew up, I, I learned to play uh, like saxophone, age about 11 or something, the school gave them out and 
uh, I kind of learnt from there. But I'd always, we'd always had music in the family, and uh, yeah. it, it, there's always been a, a deep connection with music. And all all through the times that I was really ill and really depressed, that was probably the one thing. And I still say to this day as well, and I, I don't know if it's your thing or not, and but like the the kind of like bluegrass Americana, the kind of the 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 more hardcore stuff like that, yeah. with its rhythm, with its high tempo beat, helped to save yeah. me from depression. Because when yeah, I when I found that, it was like ding 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 ding. It got my brain going. As long as it's not the like the deliverance. Bl- 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 no, 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 no. I'm talking like uh, <laughs> no, no. I'm talking like uh, old Crow Medicine Show or um, you know, like a bit of Jim Lauderdale or kind of, you know something that's got like yeah. a, a, a a bit of melody and beat to it. You know, like real yeah. uh, something. Yeah. I'm not not the old religious stuff so much, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got some. Well, I meant deliverance. Have you ever seen the movie Deliverance? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was trying to avoid the reference, to be fair, but I'm sure everybody <laughs> that's listening has seen it too. Um, yeah, uh, I definitely try to avoid that as well. <laughs> yeah, you're in the woods and you hear that. Yeah, run the other way. <laughs> run a mile. Right. So, so yeah, you found that two things are particularly important. So that that's probably. Um, Again, that confirms what we've said before in podcasts. That, yeah, different things are neurogenerative that help the brain. Um, yeah. So then, was there a point um, following? After, say, say we could take you back to being twenty six again, Brian, and then like coming coming out of prison and thinking about a new life. Was there something in particular that drove you forward? Uh, to to be that's six- hard to say. Well, when I was in prison, I got my GED, and then I signed up for a college course in mechanical engineering. Okay. And um, I tried to finish it. I almost, almost was there with the bachelor's, but when I got to the math part with the uh, algorithms and logarithms and the advanced algebra, I had no tutor in the right. prison. You know, okay, there were all yeah. a bunch of idiots in there. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of I had to give up on it. And uh, when I got out, I had no driver's license, no nothing, you know, no mm. car, nothing. Yeah. And uh, I walked, I kept going to this one cabinet shop, you know, they made wood. Yeah. Because I've always been kind of creative. And I just mm. kept going back and asking them, can you hire me, can you hire me? And finally they did. <laughs> You're right, and, fantastic. Uh, you know, so it was just persistence. And were those skills that you had before or, or, or were you just willing to? No. No, so I've you, never just, done you were just willing like I said, to do I've it. I've never done anything except sell marijuana before. Right. And be a thief and stuff, you know. <laughs> Fair uh, well, we're all thieves in somewhere or another, man. We're all, I was we're a all... vagabond. <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing to be. Uh, there's, no, there's never any judgment from me. Um, so, was this something that you, you instinctively thought, yeah, I, I, I want to do this, I, I can do this? Did you really feel it, or um, was it like, oh, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I knew that, you know, I I still had 11 years over my head as as far as if I violated my parole. Oh, okay. I want to do anything to stay out of prison at that point. Yeah, yeah, because, of course, you know, um, somebody that sells a a natural herb to people is a really dangerous uh, um, kind of criminal in society, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, You know, you're the the monster, the demon, the devil. You know, I mean, how dare you? How dare you yeah. take what nature has and, uh, you know, kind of like uh, supply it to people? 
You know, I yeah. think this, this kind of nanny state. It's not so bad there because you've had thing a lot. A lot has changed with legalization in a lot of states. So. Yeah, well, they actually they just <coughs> took my legs out from under me this past summer. Me and a friend went down to the river oh, to yeah. enjoy a day of fishing. It was like about 100 degrees, and uh, I had oh. a quarter gram of marijuana on me, and uh, the cop oh. came down there and got us, and uh, then they now they've taken what? my license again. What? Yeah, they, they, in Virginia, if you get caught with any amount of marijuana, they take your driver's license and blah, 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 and do all this other stuff to you. I, this is this is what I don't get though, about about the states is like well yeah, if you drive to a, another state then you can you can grow marijuana you can get what you want you can, but then yeah. back in the day, um, a few years ago in the groups, when it, when it all started coming out because people couldn't talk about it before then and it was like oh no we, we can't talk about this is you can't it's a dirty drug you can't talk about it. and I'm like well why not it's got healing properties. It's and natural. Then, <laughs> yeah, and then what? They started legalizing it in certain states, but you guys, you guys couldn't get CBD oil. It was illegal. No. I was like, what the no. hell? And now <laughs> How the, does that work? Oil, the CBD oil over here, you don't even know what's in it. Now you go to the store to buy it, you don't know what's in it. I'm not buying that trash. I have um, no idea what's in it. No, no, because I think when we we got it back here in that 2013. We could buy it here, it became available, but only you'd buy it off the internet or we could get it from Holland or wherever. And they'd make yeah. it from male or female plants um, and you'd get, uh, it'd be like paste in oil. Um, so I used it from about 2013 till about 2015 when I couldn't afford it any longer, thereabouts. Yeah. And um, I was amazed that it was illegal over there. And it's like, you, you, can, you can carry guns and rifles and rocket launchers around, but you can't have CBD oil. Well, here's the thing in Virginia. The, uh, you know, you know what Jim Crow is, right? The Jim Crow oh, laws. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Through popular. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the marijuana law in Virginia came from, they, they outlawed marijuana because they said that white women would smoke marijuana and then want to go have sex with black men. And that's where the law came from. Yeah, it's, it's just that's how bad it, it is. Here. It's it's a sh- it's a shocking throwback to like an age of just like unbelievable ignorance. ignorance. Yeah, it's like well, and, and we see these laws still here. It's like well, here it was to do with the farmers because the farmers didn't want the hemp crop, so they made it yeah. illegal because the hemp crop would have kind of totally taken over everything else. That other, they were farming. Yeah. It, they would it would have been too much competition, so they banned it. So yeah, so and and another thing, um, in regards to CBD oil, you saying that yeah, you don't know what you're buying over there. Uh, it's not regulated, and here as well. After about 2016, 17, probably into 18 as well, everybody and the dog just jumped on the bandwagon, and then you've got like. Hun, you know, hundreds of different companies selling it now. Yeah, we, we, and you don't know if they're spraying them with pesticides or you know what. No, you don't know. You don't know, and I, I because I'd used it for so many years, I studied like the phytochemicals because I'm a bit of a geek for like what's in oils and things, and I work with natural oils. Yeah. So I would go around and ask them, uh, you know, uh, your CBD oil. You know, you're saying it's full spectrum. Uh, I said, is it, is it from? A, I'd ask them, is it from a male or a female plant, and they won't be able to tell me. And so on, and yeah, all these exactly. questions, and they'd be like, "Well, they've just been told to sell it a certain way." So I think 
it's got to the point, or it could get to the point where it gets a little bit spoiled uh, unless you buy from a really reputable company. Yeah, I um, grow my own. Well, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's good. Right, so, okay, so, uh, going back then, right, so, you started off working as a cabinet maker, or, or did you do, like, a, a course and apprenticeship alongside, or was that just something, yeah, just, just you just learned it? From it from working at the shop, right, yeah, so I've been you had it for about 20 years. Right, so you had it in your bones, and it was there. Mm. Right. I've done lots of things, I mean, every vocation you can think of, but I don't do roofing or plumbing. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> those are mugs games, man. <laughs> I can't do, I can't, you know, I never used to be afraid of heights, but I, maybe because of the concussions, I don't know. I mean, even if I'm watching a movie and somebody looks over a roof, it's like I'm falling down there. You know, I can't do heights right. anymore. Yeah, so do, do you get like, uh, like discoordination or unbalanced or you do just, yeah. like, yeah, totally, yeah, totally feel like you've been dragged in? So it's like a, a, a physiological, emotional response as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's like I, I lose all strength, you know. Yeah, it's, you, it's crazy. you go backwards in yourself. Yeah, right. it's weird. So have you ever had any treatments or seen doctors, neurologists and so on? No. Uh, a lot of people, all. because I'm, I got laid off of work about, I don't know, six months ago. Yeah. My unemployment ran out, and everybody mm. wants me to sign up for Medicaid, which over here is if you don't have a job, you get Medicaid, yeah. and they'll give you free medical care. But to me, I'm kind of like too proud for that. You know, I want to work, actually, you know. Well, if you're fit enough, yeah, if you feel you can do it, then you can, yeah. Well, I got a lot of injuries from cabinet making, you know, like my hands and stuff. But, right, okay. Um, I, I still would rather work. Yeah. I mean that that's good that you've you've got that attitude as well that you you want to do that. I mean I could always just go rob banks, but I would rather not. <laughs> no, don't don't. Uh, if uh, by the way, if there's anybody from the FBI listening, we are joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it runs in the blood, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Henry Starr, one of my uh, ancestors, he was the first bank robber to use a getaway car. Oh right. So, when, when was yeah. that? <laughs> uh, I think it was nineteen ten. I think it was something like so that. So fairly early on. And my, by the way, my name, Ringo Starr is not his real name. My real name is Starr. <laughs> I know, no, I, I resisted. <laughs> I, resisted <laughs> I resisted the temptation to ask you about that. <laughs> no. But yeah, the Starr name, weird enough, my Starr name comes from my dad's side of the family, who is Chickasaw and Cherokee. Ah, so okay. It's yeah. weird. But it's originally a Scottish name. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. So the, there's there's some heritage there as well because we're all like we said before we're all kind of a mixed up mongrel kind of yeah, people anyway. Um, right. So you didn't have any treatment. You were back in society. Yeah. You were kind of thinking about things. So you, yeah, you, you're pretty resilient in terms of that. And you, you know, I know um, when when we think about like particularly with men who. Generally, uh, the statistics say the official statistics say that the larger portion of people with post-concussion syndrome and problems are men, but they often don't come forwards or they don't go for medical help, or they don't yeah. get the or they don't get the help like I didn't when they do go forwards, and so they they yeah. become like a lost group, and particularly they say like like for myself I come from like a, what we call like a lower class background you know kind of low social mobility low blue collar yeah or lower <laughs> yeah. so yeah so 
those, those ones are the, the particular group. Younger males that are in that group, like, you know, kind of 15 to 25 or so on. And the, the thing is, what they do is they go out, uh, they don't get help, they, they can't get help. And then they go out and they, they self-medicate, they drink, they do cocaine, they kind of do everything they can get their hands on uh, to kind of kill the pain. Yeah, that's, I still do that. I mean, I, I, I actually, uh, you know, I have a, a trend of alcoholism in my family and, uh, right. you know, I'll drink, I'll drink a 40, you know, probably almost every day. I mean, I don't want to, but. You know, that's just kind of how it is. I mean, you know, you, you get so depressed sometimes, and, you know, I have a lot of depression problems, and I've never taken any kind of, like, medication, antidepressants, no, no. or anything like that. I don't no. trust them, really, you know? No, well, well sometimes, I mean, yes. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Well, I mean, you see the commercials on TV with the antidepressants, and it's like, may cause suicidal thoughts or actions. Well, I already got those, so I don't need any more of them. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, you guys have that over there. We don't have that here. It's not allowed over really? here. No, it's not allowed at all. Uh, but but yeah. we, to be fair, we don't need it here because if you've got the doctor here, they're already... The um, we have what we call GPs, general practitioners. So basically, it's somebody sat behind a desk and they have a computer. And what they do is yeah. you, you tell them your symptoms and that and they type it in and the computer is like a search engine and it gives them back a list of drugs they can prescribe. And that's it. It's yeah, just it's just like a, a, a kind of authorized drug pusher, really. But yeah, what, kind what, of like when you're at the puzzle factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what they're giving you, what they, what they're pushing on you, is is usually uh, horrible stuff. Um, yeah, that's why I just use marijuana because uh, you know it's all natural. It's you know, there's yeah. the side effect is you eat something and you go take a nap. That's the side effect. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 uh, it's a disassociate when you smoke. It's a disassociative for pain. Um, but have you ever used the oil? Have you used cannabis oil? No. 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 Uh-uh. Just because See, that is medicinal. With the vape and stuff. Well, I mean, I mean, like, um, I'm talking about like a genuine Simpson oil. So I mean, like, from a, a trusted oh, yeah. source. Yeah. I mean, that that I will mean, be back a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, that is medicinal, whereas smoking generally isn't, in a sense. Uh, it doesn't I mean, actually. I've done- I've done pure opium before, and, and I, I tell you that stuff Whoa. is great. But uh, you don't want to keep doing it. No, <laughs> no, because it's, it's it's opiates highly addictive, uh, and yeah. and that kind of brings me on to the next point uh, where I wanted to say that yeah, because what happened to me was I I didn't have your kind of level of knowledge of these types of things, and I never re- I never smoked marijuana and so on. I didn't have the access to things that. that you know, I did in later years, uh, but I went to the doctors and they started giving me pills, and I was like antidepressants, uh, tranquilizers, yeah. sleeping pills, uh, and then later mood sabers. They tried to misdiagnose me with all kinds of stuff, uh, but eventually they got me hooked on, oh, like, uh, not addicted, but kind of dependent, almost dependent, on opiates. So I'd have like dihydrocodeine and codeine for about eight years. Yeah, that's a bad problem over here. That's, uh, and I understand, from what I understand from talking to people is that, particularly not just veterans, and, and uh, but people in general, that opiates is a massive issue there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I don't mess with any of that stuff. No. Um, unfortunately, I, I got took on that, but um, I'm completely all gone, all, all off of that now. 
um, and just use natural things. Like, so you've got to go back to nature. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of weird because I don't really get to talk to people that have had concussions, but right. I wonder if like your, your serotonin and your dopamine levels are so low that you have to self-medicate on something. I was always wondering about that. Well, I, I can only speak for myself and some of the people that I know really well. I'd say, well, uh, yeah, for me personally, I take, um, I, I take regardless, I take a natural remedy every day, uh, which is, comes from uh, comes from a, that Griffonia simplicica tree, which is an African tree. It's a seed of the tree, uh, and it's called 5-hydroxytryptophan, which is like a natural serotonin booster. Um, so I take like two of those tablets a day and it just, it, it, whether I'm going to be kind of feeling the darkness or not, it keeps me on a level. And I know, and I noticed as well, I noticed when it, on a day when things are going bad and I have, I've forgotten to take it, say, then I kind of notice, oh, I, you know, I don't feel the same. But I do other things, I try to, you know, have like dopamine boosters, exercise to boost the mood, but... Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. Ne- I would never ever take antidepressants again. No way. Yeah, I hear you. They're trying to get me on that now, and I'm like, you know, I, I no. don't really want to. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but like you were saying before about self-medicating with alcohol and things. Yeah, it, it can give like a short-term temporary relief, but then, then if you if you're gonna self-medicate that way, then you've got to keep going, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. One day, the next day, my, the day my after. Dad died of yeah. So then you you're like you're stuck in a cycle, and if you've yeah. got if you've got issues from the past as well, you might have like childhood issues. Like I I kind of had a, a rough childhood and got beaten about yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> so you're carrying that as well, and and yeah. like we're saying that that is actually the that is a gateway to self medication. Probably not the head injury so much, or marijuana or anything else, but probably early life experiences too. Yeah, yeah, I've had, I had a lot of child abuse when I was growing up and stuff, you know. But, it's, it's rife. Oh. It's, it's rife, isn't it? It's like, well, and and if you are, if you're a sensitive soul, or if you if you're a good soul, then you're gonna probably gonna get some form of uh, abuse throughout your life. Um, yeah, it, you know the, the the strange thing now is though that all. And, and I don't know if it's a symptom of the concussions or what it is a symptom of, mm. but I could be watching a movie or listening to music, like if it's a, uh, like, like say it's a, it's a, an emotional movie, yeah. you know, it's got like terrible things happening and I'll just start crying and I'll have to leave the room, you know, if there's other people yeah. around. No, that, that's quite, co- that's quite common. Uh, emotional lability, they call it. Um, I, you get this, um, you, you can kind of, once you understand what it's about, you can kind of learn to tame it a little bit. But some, yeah, I try. But yeah, yeah. But I remember the early days, I think like my first injury was August 2006, or first two, like I told you, first two in 10 minutes. In the months and a few, two or three years that followed that, uh, I would just be totally, people would be like, uh, kind of like probing me, trying to make out that I was putting all this on. And they were, you, yeah. know, you know, like kind of testing me and stuff. And that would set me off. If I saw anything really emotional, that would set me off. But then on the yeah. other hand, I would be laughing at like really kind of like stupid things and like, you know, kind of yeah, laugh, laughing my ass off. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, when I was in prison, I learned to be very stoic. You know, you don't show emotion. Oh, you don't, no, no. You know, you got to be hard <laughs> as diamond. 
like if I try to do that, it just don't work. <laughs> no, no, because you're not in that environment anymore. Um, no. So yeah, I I think, and and yeah, the the thing with prejudice, where it comes to brain injury and and PCS, is like well, people can treat you very differently. Yeah, get, they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. Oh yeah, you look fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the invisible illness. Yeah, so I guess you've probably had that. A, a large part of your life, haven't you then? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always, I mean, I was the only white kid in the black neighborhood when I was a kid. So, you know, I was yeah. like every day there was something. Yeah. <laughs> something there. You know, I know all about racism and prejudice as far as, you know, in the reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes both ways, of course, yeah. Although, although you're not, you know, you know, these days you be very careful. <laughs> they're, yeah. all like, they're all out to get you. <laughs> to kind of, uh, well, you know. These days I kind of roam around like an, uh, a lion that's getting ready to get set loose. I mean, really, I'm, <laughs> people don't even know. <laughs> no, no, but I'm talking about the like the little liberals who kind of like uh, the left oh, the yeah. left wing liberals. They're they're out to get you if you if you even you know kind of like uh, if if you offend somebody that's not them, then they'll they'll yeah. still they'll still come for you. Yeah, which is yeah. I don't uh, know. If, I, I don't know if you know, but I, I live kind of close to Charlottesville, uh, which is where they're trying to tear down all the Civil War statues. I don't know if you've heard about that. Oh no, I hadn't. No. What's that? Yeah, they What's got, that about? Like General Lee and General Stonewall Jackson, they got monuments down there, and right. you know all the the Antifa. You know, oh, trying to tear everything anti-fascist. down. Anti-fascist. You know, well, the fascists. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, it, it's um like the, the, these woke people that are kind of like offended on other people's behalves. Yeah. And so, like, if I went to Charlottesville with like a Trump hat on, I would probably be attacked. Holy moly. Right, so what what I don't understand is why can't we get some of those people on our side for PCS, <laughs> get, yeah, get, no, get them right. to like defend us and stuff. But then again, you know that's only a joke because we don't really need that. We don't need them uh, because they, they've got another agenda. I think you know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you saw it on there, but I, I wrote. I'm sure you know who Doctor Phil is. Yeah. Yeah. I heard of him. Yeah. I wrote to him and said he really needs to have a show on multiple concussion syndrome. Right. Well, you know, may, may, yeah, maybe I'll get in touch with him too if you I'll find him too. Uh, I mean, there are quite a few doctors and uh, things in the USA. Uh, doc, Dr. John DeVitt he used to be uh, uh NFL player and, and is now uh-huh. a concussion specialist. Uh, so Yeah, you know, that's I'm, a big problem here with the NFL players. Yeah. And I used to play football when I was a kid. Yeah, so that leads me on to the next thing I wanted to talk about. You, you expressed some concerns about uh, CTE, uh, and for for anybody that doesn't is not familiar with the term, uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy is probably the result of like multiple brain injuries and things which can yeah. cause. Uh, uh, from what I understand, it causes literally a form of madness almost it's like you know kind of like total loss of control of yourself boundaries social everything like that but i've had that i've attacked you know people and i've uh, physically you know i've attacked even my own family members i mean really like sometimes like um somebody could drop a plate in the kitchen and it will drive me into a rage wow so it's 
So that it's just any, any trigger. Out, you know? Yeah, any kind of trigger that at all. Yeah, any kind, and it just drives you into a rage, and you're just like, you just want to, you know, flip the fuck out, and you can't. <laughs> right, but I guess it, it, when it's in the worst stages, then you can't help it, and and you do, you do flip out, but you can't control it at all, physically or mentally. Yeah, I've yeah. exploded on a few people, and they're like, "Well, you need to go get disability and all this shit," and I'm yeah, like, "You know, I, I don't understand. really want disability." <laughs> no, no. Yeah, maybe no. I'm stupid. Well, no, not no. You're not at all because it's it's actually what you're saying is a really good example of somebody that, that yeah you want to get you want to be in work you want to be doing something you want to be creative but you want to be self-sustaining and if if you yeah. can do if you can do that that's amazing that's really good uh, because so so few people with, with that go through PCS and have their life turned upside down. They're not all as, as as tough, you know. They can they can even if they have the whole family around them, like wife, you know, husband, wife, kids, and and parents around them, they can still yeah. lose it completely. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, to be honest, I think I'm much better off than some people that have had concussions. I don't know why. I mean, after nine concussions, you would yeah. think that I'd be brain dead or something. But um, I really feel for those other people out there who've only had one or two or three and. And the, and, you know, they yeah, have the, severe problems, you know. Yeah, because we've seen some people have had like one mild traumatic brain injury, not maybe even a terrible concussion, and then like five, six, seven, eight years later, they're still going through hell. Yeah, and it's like, the doctors, where, they say, oh, you'll the get fairness? over it in six months or something. Yeah, that's oh, not true. no, 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 man, no, no, that's, that's bullshit. I, yeah, here it's bad because we don't have... Uh, kind of treatments and things or pathways to treat people. It's not like over there. Uh, yeah. It, you know, it, it's really every man, every woman for themselves. Yes. Unle- well, it's kind of like that here too. Well, <laughs> unless unless, <laughs> unless you live in like a, a, a rich area or a, a, a kind of middle class, higher middle class area and you happen yeah. to have a, a decent doctor there. Um, but you know we have a different system to yours um, we pay um, from when we start working we pay into a, an insurance scheme uh, yeah. a, a national insurance scheme and that money goes in to take a lot of money off you every month and we're talking like hundreds of it should of be called a scam not a scheme yeah it is a scam yeah <laughs> national, insurance, <laughs> national insurance scam um, so you, you never get any of that money back but yeah. what it means is that when you need to use a health service if you can get access to it then it's free at the point when you use it yeah. but if you have a concussion or if you have maltrite break as i found out I, I went nine years and i couldn't get to see a neurologist wow and i was like I, in the end i gave up i was like oh, you know sod this i'm gonna get better on my own <laughs> but before yeah, then before good. then i decided that the only way I can see a neurologist is if, it, like I said, if I got on Medicaid or if I got on disability. Otherwise, yeah. it would be thousands of dollars just for me to go see one, which um, I don't have. No, and probably the best thing they could tell you to do is keep like take cannabis oil and magic mushrooms, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. <laughs> and you know, if they, if they were really enlightened, uh, I know. Well, they have uh, in Colorado now. Magic mushrooms are legal, and and in Washington as well. Oh. I think so, yeah. yeah, but see, I don't want to live in either of those places, because <laughs> it's like here in Virginia, the sky is always gray, that is very depressing. 
Right. It's very depressing. Yeah, you're near the, near, yeah. You're in the east, aren't you? Uh, yeah, because it's wetter over there. Um, yeah, so, the, yeah, it, 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 I think what we're found in the groups as well, Brian, is that it's very much you're a victim or kind of dependent on where you are in the world. Yes. Because, yeah, we, we see a lot of people from the US, different states, Canada. Uh, we get some from Mexico. We get uh, others from all over Europe, a uh, few from Asia, uh, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and, and a few other places as well, you know, odd places and islands. But they've all got yeah. very, very, very different stories to tell. Um, yeah, and you know, if, if I could say anything to the other concussion people yeah. out there, uh, try to stay in the sunlight. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, that's, it helps so much. That's good advice. That's why when I went to Florida, you know, every day the sun shined and I went on the beach and it was just, I didn't have these problems, you know, like with the gloom. No. <laughs> the dark. Yeah, yeah, particularly because, yeah, what better to bring the light into you? And we're, getting, we're getting kind of like more into what I appreciate now because I work with healing, Reiki healing, functional medicine and stuff because the sun brings a light in, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's and like well, the, the opposite. The, the, well, science proved, you know, we're kind of like Superman. You know how Superman, yeah. he needs the sunlight, you know, and it's, mm. it's, science has proved we do too. <clears throat> yeah. We need it. Oh yeah, because it's uh, not only important in all kinds of like vitamin D production and stuff, but it's all kinds of reasons. But serotonin too. Yeah, yeah, it's the light. I mean, it's, Excuse it's me. hope. Yeah. So, right. Okay. So, um, at the moment, you're doing okay. Uh, no, I would not no. say that. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> in terms of brain injury or uh, symptoms. Uh, no, I'm, I keep a pistol loaded. I'm, you know. I'm at the edge, brother, right now, but uh, right, I got to so hold you... on because I can't do that to my family. Right, okay, so there's, there's still issues, there's still things that you, you're you going through internally that you've not got any help with, you've not got anybody there to, to kind of guide you through. Yeah, I, I fight it every day, man. I'm glad we got to talk, and, uh, you know, but I, I try to, I just try, I try every day I, you know I understand that I've just got to keep the dark away just another yeah. day well t just talking to one person one person that you don't know or you've only just met he's a massive part of that and yeah. you know to be fair one of the I, I've done the groups for over 10 years now nearly 11 years and I only started to do the podcasts about a month or so ago uh, two months ago whatever it was and you know from talking to different people I've talked to people in the US and Australia, New Zealand and all over and that that's helped me because it, it's been a difficult time for me um, yeah. the last year or two particularly going through family court, I couldn't get to see my son, he's only like five now and that, that kind of the, the bias of that and the, the horrible stuff, the, yeah. the, the kind of it, it just like totally sent me into a dark place so yeah, for bringing myself you know, up. You know what gives me comfort is, uh, you know, I think about, like, the men who went onto the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. And all these other people who had to face <clears throat> such terrible things. Oh, my know? God, yeah. And and how many of them went through... Yeah. Uh, well, back, back then, they called it uh, shell shock. And shell yeah. shock was a, an umbrella term for both concussion, PCS post-traumatic stress disorder and mental disorder. 
Now, my own granddad, my father's father, my dad's side of the family, they've all been military men. Uh, I, I didn't go that way, but they they are um, they were. Um, so my grandfather, Alfred, he, he was in, I think, not just the First and Second World Wars, but he was in the war before that. So it was like, um, he uh, got thrown, I think in the Second World War, he got thrown off his motorcycle, got thrown off his bike and hit his head. And he had yeah. PCS. He had, he had brain injury, he had PCS. And he went home and, and then got married, married with grandma, and then had, you know, like five kids. But he was never wow. the sa- he was never the same again. Yeah, and, and, sure. And he 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 passed away when I was six weeks old. So I never knew him. But he's from what my dad tells me, he was you know he became a difficult character. He would like it had maybe more than one. I think he probably had more than one concussion and. But his his father uh, was in the military as well, so like Boer War, eighteen eighties, whatever it was, and going back before then, and his father too. So it was like a long line, and all of them had stories. There was always issues. So yeah, yeah. When, when you think about Normandy and the beachhead and that, it's like, well, yeah, how, how many of them just went through hell? Yeah, and it's just like another thing that that might have helped me is that most of my concussions were when I was very young. So, uh, you know, your brain's still growing and mm. it has an ability to heal at that point. Yeah. So maybe that, and it, to me, it was normal, it was normal to yeah. be in this type of environment. So, well, you know. Yeah, and, and I think, well, up until about four or five years ago, scientists thought that the brain cells died and that was it. But we now know that they they can replace and regenerate themselves. Yeah, and I think music can help. Yeah, do that. <laughs> We're getting onto music. Fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> so in music, yeah, I think, uh, like I said, there's different ways. I work with uh, like an Eastern tradition from Japan called Reiki, which is uh, uh-huh. life force energy, and it was brought back uh, in, into being by uh, a doctor. Dr. Yusui, and he was a great healer, and he was a doctor and everything, and he, he kind of channeled this energy. And in science, it's called a photonic, biophotonic energy, so it has a scientific presence, it's measurable. Um, okay. So what they do is you go, f- like one, there's three levels in this to start with. So you get uh, like a passing of the energy, some kind of, uh, like you get symbols and you get uh, sounds as well, and you pass the energy yeah. from one person to another. Now, that sound as well, that sound they call in Japanese, called kotodama, which is a sacred sound or the sound of life or the sound of the universe. And they use yeah. it in some martial arts as well. But basically, using sound, so if, if you're using the energy, use sound with it, you can actually help to affect people to change, uh, kind of like the thought patterns to change or to, for the better or to help to start to heal them. Yeah, because, like, like, I'll give you an example. Like, let's say that, um, you know, I, I, when I get really depressed and I get really low, you know, you get really yeah. low. Mm-hmm. And so I'll put some music on, and then when I'm listening to the music, you know what the third eye is. It's yeah, your oh, mind's yeah. Eye. definitely. And I project that out. Like, you know, I feel like uh, I'm going to project that, out. whether it works or not, I don't care. But <laughs> yeah, I project that out to the rest of the world too, not for me, but for other people. Yeah, that's that's the key. 
that's the key to healing. Yeah. You see, yeah, that's the key to healing. You, you've you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you know, you've kind of said it there. Was well, yeah. If you are gonna practice any type of healing, eventually, it's about projecting it out to other people and to the world in general. Because yeah. imagine if everybody did that, it would be so. It would be extremely powerful, and we'd yeah. probably kind of like lay down the industrial military complex and the drug companies would all kind of lay down and kind of like say, well. You know, uh, <laughs> it's not important anymore. But, um, yeah, that kind of awareness, obviously yours has come, I think some of yours has obviously been hereditary, so you've, you've inherited a lot of that too. Um, but, yeah, it comes with a kind of conscious awareness. Yeah, and, you know, when I, because I, I used to, because I see a lot of people on there talk about migraines a lot on the yeah. post-concussion uh-huh. stuff, and luckily, you know, Thank God I don't have those anymore. But no. when I used to have them, you know, I could I, I knew when they were coming on because like I would lose like half my vision. Like I would look in the mirror and half my face was gone and stuff. Right. And I knew Jeez. I knew it was coming on. Yeah. And I would go into a you know, you go into a room and you turn off all lights and you protect yourself from any sound. Yeah. And I would just lay there and visualize that my mind was an army mm. against the dark. And, you know, I, I just got to win, you know what I mean, at all yeah. costs. <coughs> yeah, that's... that's That was my only weapon. Well, that that in itself is like a powerful visualization kind of type of healing. That's like, well, when when you are doing a healing practice or you're doing Reiki or whatever, you have to have the intention and the belief that what you're doing, you're just a conduit for the energy to pass to another person yeah. or to another situation. Yeah, if I lose... Even if I lose, I'm gonna wound your ass too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a nice way. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I mean, to the darkness, you know. Even if I lose, I'm gonna make you pay. You know, uh, for this. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, as well. This um, going back to music. I think uh, I've always had my favourites. Now, when I grew up, I. Uh, I always loved a lot of American music, particularly the blues, the old blues, the old Delta blues, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. For some reason, that just spoke to me. But um, like my dad had a like a music room. He had a hi-fi. He had like loads of LPs and cassettes and stuff. So he he gave me a good education in different types of music. And I think that that was another thing that that helped me to get through it all. Um, I don't know what what you what you maybe I know it's hard to choose, but what what are your top three favorite artists or albums? Oh my god! Yeah, that is <laughs> on the spot, do, man. man. On the spot, <laughs> top five. <laughs> uh, Metallica, number one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Iron Maiden, number two. Yeah. That's the British band. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and Maiden, uh, yeah. I would say number three would probably be Led Zeppelin. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I'd probably put Led Zeppelin at number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. And, and a, a lot of people, they say, why do you listen to, you know, this music? It's like a lot of it's sad or it's like, you know, it's like, no, I no, can relate no, no. to it. You know, I've been there. Yeah, it's real. It's real to you as well. That's why when growing up, like I said to you, my, my early years growing up were just like, I had the worst example of everything. It was just like... Uh, not just a place to escape to was music it was like it, it didn't just take me out of myself but it, it helped me to get forwards and yeah, yeah. Uh, 
in a, in a time where I had absolutely no, apart from my dad when he was around, I had no role models whatsoever. So listening to music, like I think when I got, uh, I think I can't remember when I bought my first album or record. I think I might have been about nine or ten or like, you know, something even younger. But any everything I found from there was purely intuitive. I used to go out and I'd see something that'd be like, I'd look at the face on the cover or whatever, and I'd think, I need that. And then it was just like, stuff I found was amazing. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know this existed. So I was listening to stuff, and like my friends were all listening to like pop records, and that was like, yeah, you can keep yeah. that. But yeah, when, when I did get injured, when I got in a bad place, um, you know, I mean, holy music just saved me. And again, yeah, going back to that that type of music that you said, you know, it, it's it, it, anybody that doesn't understand it might see it as sad. Yeah, they do. Like but, one of my favorite songs but, is uh, Metallica, Suicide and Redemption. Yeah, and it sounds bad. No, you know, but if you listen relation. to it, it's, it's you're <coughs> overcoming it. You know what I mean? You're, you're yeah. fighting it. Yeah, because you've got to dig deeper than the surface, and music does take you down. And the lyrics, the lyrics and the music often have the often there's, there's two elements combined within a song. Now the yeah. wor- the words may say one thing, which can be interpreted in maybe five different ways, but the music has always got a certain pattern and energy to it. Yeah, that's so, why Suicide and Redemption is instrumental, so there's yeah. no words. You know, yeah. so and I, I listen to a lot of instrumental music because. There are no words, you know what I mean? No, no, true. Um, it's just the music. <clears throat> very true, yeah. Um, going on for music as well, I uh, a friend of mine let me a, a Rife machine. Uh, Rife is something that came out about in the uh, 1920s, 30s. A gentleman, American gentleman called Royal Rife. And he was a scientist. And he uh, harnessed some uh, electronical technology uh, and he used it to cure people of disease and illness. And what he did was he, he found, him and his, uh, his partner, a fellow scientist, found that every disease, every bug, every parasite, every illness has a p- specific frequency that you can zap, exactly. it, you can zap it on. Exactly, yeah. And he built, right. he built this technology back in the 1920s, whatever, and he made it, and he actually worked out what the frequencies were for different types of cancers. And he was curing up to 90% of cancers, cancer patients. Wow. He'd have them in every day in his clinic. He'd, he'd, he'd do it a few minutes a day, and he was curing cancers. Now, of course, as you can imagine, in America, this caused one or two problems for the establishment. And they don't like that. No, and uh, they ruined him. They raided his labs, destroyed everything, burnt everything, uh, imprisoned him. He ended up dying uh, as an alcoholic, and a, he, he died of a drug overdose in the end. But um, wow. and we've got a, a similar thing going on here in the UK now with uh, GCMAF, which is a human protein uh, that that boosts super immunity, immunotherapy in the human body. Uh, and it, again, it can tackle up to 50 different diseases at least, including cancer. Wow. Uh, and the, the the chap that's been put in jail, him and his lab assistant, uh, the the one of them's extradited to France already. He's in a French prison. Uh, the other guy's had everything taken from him, raided his lab, similarly shut him down. 
and like called him you know called him out and just said oh you're a fake and so on but there's like thousands yeah. of people man that recovered from cancer and stuff that are like saying well uh do you know what this guy might be onto something yeah you know i was kind of lucky too i had basically every kind of illness you could have as a child i had uh, mm. double pneumonia twice before i was even two years old oh jeez. um I've been resuscitated three times um, right. before I was even five. Uh, I've had measles, mumps, chicken pox. I mean, MRSA. Do you know what MRSA is? M- no. And that. Yeah, MRSA's, uh, it's, MRSA. It's all, it's it's uh, um, antibiotic resistant. Right. Um, was it a virus? I've had or? sepsis. It, well, I got it actually on the job. Um, oh, right, okay. I, sc- I scraped against the wall and buried some in my arm, and uh, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And uh, they said they were, uh, were going to chop my arm off. Jesus. Yeah, they said if I didn't mm-hmm. respond to the antibiotics, you know, they'd have to cut my arm off. And luckily, you know. Wow. So that's, uh, I've been crazy. pretty resilient as far as diseases. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're you're a Terminator, man. <laughs> so, all right, okay. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Um, we we're going to ask as well. Uh, you said you haven't had any treatments and you're, you've no. never taken any medications and so on. Is there no, a, never. if you had a, a, like an open like an open check in the future? What is there any types of therapies or things you'd like to do or you'd like to have that you think might help you? Um, what do you think? I would like I would like to have some kind of like I don't know a CT scan or MRI of my brain. Okay, right. Well, um, yeah, the, the, something like that. Those would only rule out severe problems like aneurysms and more severe problems. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know that's a good thing to ask for to start with, but it, what they do is like a default thing, CT, then MRI, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Well, they said when I was a child that I had uh, Marfan syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's called Marfan's syndrome. No. And basically what it is is your aorta right. uh, splits open Ooh, and you just right. die, you know, real quick. Are you there? You have a brain aneurysm. It's a connective tissue disease. Yeah, I see. Because yeah, in the heart. because you know I'm tall and skinny, mm-hmm. and I fit all the parameters for somebody with Marfan's, which most people with Marfan's live to about thirty years old. Whoa! So, right. Yeah, that's you know, pretty harsh. I, I'm not sure. I don't think I have that. I, I don't. I mean, even though I have all the symptoms of it, I don't. You know, I'm not. Nowadays, I'm not even worried about. It. I mean, I'm 46. I've, I've lived my life. You know, whatever happens yeah. at this point, I'm not too worried about. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. So yeah, you, as you long as I don't hit my head. Nowadays, for everybody that has a concussion, watch where your head goes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that my my last one actually, I yeah was actually March of this year. Really? I, I, wow. It was it was actually it wasn't just one it was two. It, uh, so you're still recovering. No, no, man, I recovered within two weeks because I've learned wow. I learned a way to heal from concussion within days and, and a week or two. Uh, well, I learned I learned it naturally. I learned it through uh, like a, a years the last few years, and in fact I healed the last two that way. Um, what happened was I um, I'm I'm like you I'm quite 
well, I'm probably not that skinny, but relatively skinny, but I'm nearly, I'm six foot two. And uh, I'd been down in, uh, like, near Oxford. We are in a place which was, like, uh, staying in a place which was, like, an old farmhouse. Like, you know, like, low ceilings and all that. And um, there was, like, you know, beams and wooden beams and stuff. And uh, somebody had switched the lights off in the corridor. And I went down this corridor and went down the step, but I didn't see the beam. And I really, really whacked the top of my head on the beam and I saw stars man I was like yeah. I was like oh and it uh, <laughs> I did that twice and then yeah. within a day or so of that I was like oh shit no man I'm not going back here again I'm not going to go through all this again but then I remembered like the protocol that I'd set out which was right first f- first aid natural first aid Arnica, Amiga oils, curcumin, black seed oil, that kind of things, hydration, really? all kinds of stuff. There's about 10 different things which are all good. And then like uh, sound healing and things. So I, after it happened, I think it happened on the Saturday night or, uh, yeah, I think or Sunday morning. By the Monday morning when I was like going to go home, I was like, oh man, I'm on like another planet. You know that yeah. that feeling where you're like, "Whoa, I'm on Earth, but I'm not on Earth," and then yeah. it was like, "I've got to go back to the world now and my everything else," and kind of like, and then that was when I was like, "Right, I believe yeah. I I think that the main thing at that point is when you're injured is this is what people never tell you, no doctor, no neurologist, no, is that you, if you say to yourself." I believe this is going to get better within days. Yeah. I know this is going to heal so quickly. I know this is going to, not going to be a problem for me at all. I know I'm going to be fine. And I just repeated that like a mantra. You know, like monks, yeah. the, the mantra. I was like, Yeah, you have to believe in it. Yeah, you have to really believe. And I think in the early days, when you first have a concussion, you don't know what to believe. You haven't got a clue. No. You don't know what to yeah. believe. And, and if I could just tell you a story, I was in a, yeah. uh, when I was a juvenile, I kept getting locked up all the time for getting mm. in trouble and stuff. Right. And I, I, so they put me in the drug program. Right. And the drug counselor is kind of like these neurologists and stuff. And she said she had never done drugs. And I was like, well, right. how the hell can you be a drug counselor <laughs> and you don't even know what the hell you're talking about? No, no. What, no. what you, you know, and that's how the neurologists are. They're like, that's common. That's normal. Yeah. I, I, I say this as well. When when I, I talk to people about, about brain injury and, and concussion and stuff, I say, right, you've got a car, haven't you? And they say, yeah, I've got a car. Right. Say, would you, if your car broke down, if it had like problems, would you take it to a garage where did somebody had never fixed a car before <laughs> or they'd never, yeah. never driven a car before? And they're like, no, of course I wouldn't. Right. I say, right. Why would you trust your brain to somebody that's <laughs> never been yeah, hit? They don't why, even know what the- why would you trust your health, right? And when you're in such a difficult position, why would you trust your health and healing to somebody that's never been ill in their entire life? And then they go, ah, oh, realization. Yeah. Yeah, you're like a lab rat to them. They're like, oh, let's, Ooh. you know. Well, you know what, man? They've been. They spent five, six years in university. They've read a lot of textbooks, so you know they must understand it. 
and that, yeah. that's not a slight. I don't mean, again, to slight anybody that's a doctor or a neurologist or a specialist, but if you have no empathy and you've never been ill, how are, are you going to really truly help somebody else to heal? But of course, as we know, the modern healthcare profession isn't about healing people, is it? No, 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 it's about assembly line. Yeah, a drug, drug assembly line, yeah, sell them, sell them. Yeah, out. give them some pills and send them out the door. But there are there are some good doctors, and I've heard good stories, but I think we're, we're talking about maybe 80% or more that are just uh, doing as they're told because yeah. they've got a mortgage to pay. Yeah, they've yeah, got, that's they've how got my mother's They've got car payments is. and so on, yeah. <clears throat> yeah right. that, that's how my mother's doctor is. He just, you know, hands her some pills and tells her to go on her way. Yeah, and that... <laughs> Well, that's just that's just the way, isn't it? Uh, you know, I've, I've I've like saying to you earlier, I've, I've had bronchitis and it's been like, I thought I had pleurisy to start with, but I, I had pleurisy about ten years ago. I had it a couple of times and it was really painful, and I was out for like eight weeks, man. I was like eight weeks just on, wow. uh, you know, kind of like wiped out, couldn't couldn't barely walk two hundred yards without wanting to collapse. But then when uh, I had this, this recent, what I thought was a chest infection, I was like, it feels like pleurisy, but it's not. It's not as painful. It's not as bad. And uh, I'd got, oddly enough, I'd got some guafenicin tablets from California. They'd sent them over. And uh, I was taking those anyway, and I was doing a GC math protocol as well. So I thought, there's a lot of stuff coming out, and I didn't realize. When I went to the doctor's yesterday, he's like, oh, he, he did a really thorough kind of check up and he said uh, it's bronchitis it gave me antibiotics and so on and I was like well that makes a lot of sense I'm glad it's not pleurisy um, but yeah, that would be bad. <coughs> but when you get there when you get into doctors when you do that they can they can deal with physical stuff but like we say if it's hidden you're, you're not in a good place are you to be able to explain it to them no, well, what I'm saying is sometimes as well, if you've just been injured for the first time ever, say, if like, why well, I did when I was 32, you don't know what you're talking about either. No, I know, yeah. <laughs> and then it's That's like, well, I mean. you're trying to explain yourself and they look at you uh, kind of like a, a dog that's just been shown a card trick. And they're like, well, you know, um, yeah, I'll give you some antidepressants. I'll give you whatever you want. Just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Yeah. You know, have some painkillers. Yeah, here, take this, go down to the chemist and, you know, yeah. get some pills. Yeah, and that's that. But, yeah, it seems, seems to be the theme. So, yeah, we, we need a, a, a change in the way we, we think about medicine. Uh, like, like in China in the East, you'd only pay the doctors, you'd, only, you'd, you'd pay them only when everybody was fit and healthy and well. You know, yeah. when people were sick, you wouldn't pay them. <laughs> They'd have to get you well again. Uh, so. And I'll say this: I don't know if you if you have any, but I have a uh, therapy cat. Therapy and, cat. Uh, no. Yeah, he's my buddy. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I grew up with cats, you know, but I when don't... I get low, you know, I've had a lot of animals when I was, you know, yeah. kid and stuff. So like, now I got this cat, <laughs> and uh, he's my buddy. You know what I mean? He's yeah. When I get low, I, I just hang out with him and. 
you know, they bring you some uh, a measure of comfort, you know. They do. I, I, when I grew up, we had uh, eight cats in the house at any one time. And if, if one, there were two pedigrees, but the rest were all kind of like street cats that we took in. And if one, yeah. di- if one died, we'd always replace it. And what I understood from like growing up in, in my background in my, and what I went through, I went, experienced a lot of violence towards me and kind of abuse and other things, was yeah. that like one or two of them were like kind of guardians for me. Yeah, and I firmly believe that they are psychic protectors. That they protect us, our psychic energy on a level. So if yeah. you if you've had a bad illness or depression, or if you've just had an operation or something, they'll come and sit with you, and they'll they'll kind of do a service to you to kind of soak up a lot of the yeah, illness and negativity. Yeah, and um, uh, you know, I found him, and like uh, he, they were getting ready to kill him in the shelter. Oh no, man. You know, they said he was sick and all this, and I, I was trying to get him out of there. And you know, they was like, "Well, you can't have him because he's sick." And, yeah. And, you know, I, I went into one of those red rage moments. Yeah. You know, and I was I like, "You're gonna give me that cat, or you're gonna find out <laughs> give me the cat. what real violence is all about." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh bless. <laughs> so they gave me the cat, and uh, <laughs> he's my buddy. Oh man, that's good. No, I, unfortunately, I'm not allowed any animals where I live now. The landlord won't let let me have them. So. Yeah. Well, the landlord here says we can't have animals too, but you know I'm lawless anyway. So. Well, yeah, I'm on like a first floor. <laughs> I'm a first floor. I'm on the first floor of uh, like a big house in in uh, like just outside the city, so it's not really cat territory anyway. Yeah. But maybe in future, I don't know. Uh, definitely, if I move somewhere else, there will there will be animals again. But for yeah, now, yeah, you need them. You know, you need them. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, um, they, they help a lot, man. <clears throat> they help us massively. All right, okay. So, what else we've got to talk about? Uh, we've covered most things from concussion to healing to music as well, and ways to recover. Is are you is there anything you want to tell us about? how your life's going now, what you're doing now, Brian, and uh, what, what you might uh, kind of want, want to do in future? Well, okay, well, I'll start with how it is now. And, uh, you know, I don't want to depress anybody, but... No, be honest, uh, please. Okay, well, I've been uh. laid off three times in the last year hmm. um, at several different cabinet shops because, right. um, like, sometimes I would be going to work and the dark would come mm. or the dark would get me while I'm at work. Okay. And I would just get so low that I had to leave. And yeah. of course, employers don't, you know, they don't like that. No, they so don't. Either no. get fired or laid off. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, everybody's telling me, you know, get disability, get this, this, that, and that. And, you know, I, I know how it is here in the States with disability and concussions. Mm. They would be like, yeah. You know, because so many people are scamming the system. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, you're just a scammer. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah, you've been working. What's wrong with you, you know? Yeah, because I have no medical record of any concussion. Of it course. so long ago. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but my future, I mean, where I'm at right now is I live in a house. It's $1,100 a month plus utilities. Right. Uh, I'm a caretaker for my 83-year-old mother. My brother oh, okay. is also living here, and yeah. he's disabled. Um, wow. So, and, I, and now that the state of Virginia took my license 
for because I had a little yeah, bit of marijuana. Yeah, they've just they've just cut my legs out from under me. They screwed and, you. Yeah. yeah. So now I I have to fight because you know here in the states, especially in Virginia, if you have if I had a possession of heroin or a possession of methamphetamine or a possession of cocaine, yeah. it wouldn't matter. But because I had a possession of marijuana, no one wants to give you a job. Jesus, crazy. Incredibly crazy, you know? Yeah. And so, because in Virginia, if you have, if, if you get caught with crack cocaine, mm. the worst drugs in the world, they don't take your driver's license. But they don't care. But if you get caught with any amount of marijuana, they take your driver's license. And you know, if well, they take your driver's license, you can get a that's job, a bad man. thing. That, that just seems so, so nonsensical. Exactly. So now um, I'm, I, I'm trying to go back to Florida because okay. when I was in Florida about three years ago and I made more money than I ever had in my life, mm. I could go down there and make $30 an hour as okay. a cabinet. Yeah, that's decent, yeah. Yeah, and rent a flat for $600 a month. Yeah, cheaper you know? and then do everything right. So, yeah, so... so so you, at the moment you're looking for a turnaround point or something to change where you can well get I'm at desperation you, at this point so probably yeah. what I'm going to do and nobody else follow what I just am getting ready to say no <laughs> I'm going to take my illegal car with no license to Florida and start over and if I make it I make it and if I don't I don't <laughs> yeah if the, F- if, if the FBI are listening he was only joking alright so, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about doing any crimes. I'm, I mean, no, no, driving I mean. out of license is a misdemeanor. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> well, no, I think, yeah, you've, you've obviously, you've clearly got a lot of responsibility there at the moment as yeah. well. So, um, it, it, would there be somebody else to take some of that responsibility from you, or, or, or is it just you shouldering all of that responsibility at the moment? Yeah, all me. Right, okay, so yeah, so it's a tough call for you to make as well. But I can't, but the problem no. is I can't make any money here. No, you know it's, I mean? it's, it's, yeah, it's so, just like a, a, a geographical problem, yeah. Yeah, so I would be better off <clears throat> if I went to Florida, I could always send the money back here, you yeah. know what I mean? No, I, I understand that because, I mean, I've, I've got similar geographical problems at the moment with what I do and, and then with my... Uh, where, where my son lives and so on I couldn't move further away because I wouldn't be able to see him or if I did move further away I might be able to get some of the work or opportunities that I needed but it, it's like well you know he's my only son and it's like yeah, I, I can't I can't bring myself to do that so yeah. it's like a tough it's, one you know it's, it's kind of like when I was when I first got out of prison you know I had no license no car and I lived 30 miles away from the, the parole office. So, you know, and they'd be calling me up and they want you to come down there and, you know, take a urine test and do this and do that, right? And I'm yeah. like, well, I don't have a car and I don't have a license. And they're like, well, you can either get yourself down here however you can or we'll send you back to prison. And then I told yeah. them, you know, okay, so I'm going to drive my mom's car down there on a legal license. And they're like, well, we don't care. They don't care, right. You know, so, you know. yeah, again, it just goes back to, there's a common theme with everybody I talk to that's had difficulties, is like, well, yeah, invisible disability, which PCS is, or, and CTE is as well, is like hidden 
illness and hidden yeah. disabilities like well you you look fine so we don't give a damn you know because you you just you, you you're just making excuses you're just a liar you're just this you're that and they don't even come out and say you're a liar but it, it's it, it's frustrating the prejudice yeah massive massive prejudice The CTE is 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 the wor- reason I'm worried about that is because you know you only kind of get that when you're older. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, it's um, dementia. You know, it's Alzheimer's basically. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that because there, there have been some cases uh, people in the thirties and forties, but I I don't think I mean I can't. You've been very kind of able to hold a conversation and everything as well, and I don't think. Yeah. I know it seems. I know I might be making a false judgment here, but it seems like you've still got all your chairs under the table, Brian. Well, that's that's because I have to try very hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, snap. Oh, snap, man. Uh, well, yeah. Sometimes that that is as well because yeah. Um, well, yeah. I've always been belie- a believer that your mind can uh, overcome most everything if you think about it. You know, and that's yeah. what I've always taught myself. You know? Yeah, that's the truth. I, I believe I believe that's the truth as well. Um, you know, I I can't work full time. I I don't. I've just have PCS. I have fibromyalgia, which I've had for many years, which is getting worse. Yeah. Uh, costochondritis. Yeah. Uh, problems with and my I legs and different stuff. Too, yeah. You know? Well, that's that's a, a that goes hand in hand with brain injury, the fatigue. Yeah, often, often it like, does. It really yeah, does. Yeah, it's just like you know. Now I'm looking for a part-time job just because you know because I've always had I've never had an office job. Every job no, I've ever had involved no, no, no. you know physical labor. So yeah, yeah. Well, and that. nowadays I'm just like uh, you know I can't do it, man, for eight hours. I can do it for five hours, but I can't do it for eight. No. <laughs> no, well, the, the thought of going somewhere, and, and like I used to, for, I did for a little while, was like to sit in an office cubicle or sit at a desk for eight hours or whatever, or no, four, two times four hours. It is just uh, totally unnatural. It is alien to me. I only did it for a year or two uh, when I was really, really desperate. But I, I could, there's no way on earth I could go back to that. It was just my brain would not allow me to. It'd be hell, complete hell on earth to do that. It'd be just like, well, I don't think I'd even last a day now. So what I did was I decided to be self-employed and now I only work like you know one, one or two evenings a week or whatever. That's that. And after that, you know, I can't, you know, I can't yeah. manage much more. And, and you know what I faced here and too is uh, when I became a fully accomplished cabinet maker because i can make anything out of wood anything yeah. you know mm. and so i tried to go out on my own and right. uh you know but now people can go to walmart and they can buy this trash from china and yeah, so yeah. it's just like you know MDF. nobody's gonna buy my 1200 coffee table no they can get which i put 160 hours into <clears throat> No, but they can get an MDF one for like forty dollars, fifty dollars, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Does so the same job, whole, man. Yeah. So my whole vocation is now dead. Well, know? yeah, but if you, if you go like you said before, if you can go where you're appreciated, then it's a different story. That would be Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's good that you know where you gotta go. Yeah, I just gotta get there. Yeah. Through, Whereas. You know, whatever means 
I can. Yeah. I mean, I could always jump on a bus. Yeah, he could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. But, you know, at the same time, sleeping down in the woods in Florida with the alligators and stuff is probably <laughs> not the best thing. No, no, you, you need some good repellent there. Um, yeah, I think with me, I, I don't really know where I'm going to go. That's the problem for me is like, well, the, like the last couple of years have been quite traumatic. There have been a lot of upheaval. And I don't know where I need to go. So I guess you, yeah, in no. that sense, you're one step ahead of me. Yeah, well, yeah, well I've been several all over steps. the United States for right. the last uh, 15 years. I've been yeah. in California. I've been all over. Mm. Uh, you know, everywhere I went, I scoped it out. I mean, California, I don't know if you know about California, but a little if bit. you go to California <clears throat> and you say you're homeless, they'll give you a card and they'll give you $400 a month. Right. right. Okay. Which is, you know, it sounds good, right? Well, but, yeah. you know, at the same time, the cost of living there is oh, so high. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, that, it's relative. And I don't want to be a homeless person. I have a lot of, mm. I maybe you call it false pride. Yeah. But I have a lot of pride. You know mm, what I mean? I, yeah. I want to earn what I do. Yeah. You know? It's relative as well, like you say, because the cost of living is so high, it's, it's $400 yeah. isn't a lot. And in Florida, <laughs> the, the cost of living is cheaper than Virginia. Right, okay. And the wages are 30% higher. Ah, okay, so that's that's a no-brainer, yeah. really. Pardon yeah, me. it's a double. It's a, you know, a double thing. You know, it's like, wow. Because yeah. I was renting hmm. a house down there for $1,000 a month, and I, I live five minutes from the, the number one rated beach in the world, which is Clearwater Beach. I mean, I, you know. Mm. I was like a mafia gangster. <laughs> Enjoying yourself. <laughs> I mean, you know, I had so it going colorful. on, as they say, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a good time. You don't want to hear that whole story, but. No, probably ended. probably not. No, not right now. <laughs> Save that for another podcast. Um, you know, because yeah. there may be other ones uh, apart from the PCS podcast. But yeah, I'll probably save that for another time. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> right. So um, I think we've probably covered most things uh, about this point. Um, it, it's been really good to connect with you and, and to talk to you yeah, as well. Yeah, brother. Um, and thank you so much. I knew I knew when I kind of like you know tapped you up to like can you do, can you do the podcast can you do that and I I kind of had a feeling you you'd, you'd agree to do it. So that's really good because we need more men to get involved in this cause. Yeah, we do need and, and, we do and, and, need them to step up. And I just want to say to you and to anyone out there listening, you know, don't give up. Use your mind. Your mind is your weapon. Yeah. Yeah, you know, do whatever you can to, to to stop the dark. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, just just try and, and, and tell them you're you're not alone. No, no, we're none of us alone, and I think we've proven that as well just by reaching out to people. Uh, I mean, yeah. in, in the last two or three weeks, I've spoken to people in on like three different continents that I've never spoken to before. And I think if we keep this going as well, and I want other people to be a part of it too, you know, men and women, every, anybody, and they've all come from all different classes, all different backgrounds. Uh, but, you know, it's particularly good and enjoyable when, you know, we get people that, that honestly are prepared to tell their true stories. You know? Yeah. 
and they're prepared to be candid and just open and and you know this is just something that we share between us there's probably not a lot yeah. there's probably not a lot of other people listening to this besides people from the groups and one or two people from That's okay. uh, other places um but you never know in future you know i mean i don't we're on is, is, is there any way i can share the podcast on my facebook page yes yeah, certainly after we've okay. after this, I will send you. Uh, I'd, I'll upload it all and record and uh, put it on straight onto Anchor. Anchor is like uh, the, the uh, um, what should I say? It's like it's like the 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 free base for podcasting. They don't charge you monthly fee. Oh, they don't okay. uh, they don't uh, take anything off of you. But they do all the work of distributing it to everybody. So they distribute it to iTunes. They distribute it to Spotify, uh, CastBox, yeah. Overcast, all these different places all over the web within a week or two. So I, I didn't know this, and I just thought, oh, the anchor looks like the best one. I signed up, and okay. then all of a sudden, it's everywhere. And I'm like, whoa, this is, uh, this is good. So, yeah, I'll send you the link afterwards, Brian, and then, yeah, you, oh. you just send it to whoever you like. Um, Okay, and, uh, we'll, and, and we'll let me say there. that after we get off here, um, I'm gonna go put my headphones on and send yeah. the light out. Yeah, man, do that. Yeah, put some Led Zeppelin on. <laughs> yeah, Achilles' last stand. Achilles' last stand. That's a, a really cool. I think. Um, yeah, I know it's not a Led Zeppelin written tune, but uh, I think when the levee breaks was uh, yeah. particularly has particularly fond memories for me from the last year or so. Um, yeah. Certain songs, it's it's funny, isn't it? How certain songs, y- your yeah. brain associates with a specific point in time. Yeah. Although there is no time, in fact, and we're all living just here in the now, a one continuous now. There is no past. Yeah. There is no future. But there is certain well, we can songs. Send the light. Yeah. So if you if you listening out there, everybody else listening out there, and, and you yourself as well as you know how I can't preach to the you know somebody who already knows how to do this, Brian. Uh, but if you send out that light, if you have uh, a place to connect with, it's through music, through prayer, through thought, through whatever you want to do. Send that light into the here and now, and the people around yeah. you. Then you will have blessings you will have miracles beyond compare uh come into your life you know the the gratitude that you give uh for the things that you have and the music that you have and the healing that you have is more powerful than any um anything else yeah and even if even if i don't receive any blessings or whatever i still fight the dark Mm. yeah but that that like you said as well the trick is to put your light out there that's right, I seek no pay. The light which you have, we're all beings of light. We all come here, you know, you come into this world from spirit. You come in, you come through your mother's womb, you're into the world, you're, and then you kind of forget yourself. But we're yeah. here to have an experience in these kind of like crude bodies. <laughs> you know, the, these kind of like things that, the, that our parents have fashioned for us. And, yeah. you know, you've got to remember where you come from. Yeah. And I think it's it's yeah. it's so on a spiritual point of view, it's kind of so easy to lose sight of that. If you've had a head injury, if you've had yeah. a concussion, it's so easy, like I would, to to forget yourself and think, ah, oh, no, I'm in the darkness. I'm in the dark. Yeah, to go nobody, crawl up in the corner and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, oh, don't no, do it. nobody don't do loves it. me. Nobody wants me. I'm I'm feeling totally uh, kind of shit yeah. and t- in a bad place. 
this is the darkness, oh, you know, and somebody the other day called it like, you know, like a pity party, where, you know, you're going to kind of join your one-man party. Uh, you, you can't do that. Well, you can do it. Well, you can do it. You can destroy you yourself. You understand there's others that are also facing it, and yeah. you are united in that. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> you know, and, and you got, like, tonight, I'll think about you, brother, and I'll think about yeah, all the others. Well, <laughs> anytime you want to chat. All the other terrible things. Yeah, know. no, anytime you want to chat, you know, whether it's, it's on record or not, I'm, I'm always here, man. So, yeah, if you ever fancy Thank a chat you. any other time, um, like it's good, it's good this time in the evening because we're five hours ahead of you, so like oh, really? it's uh, it's twenty five to eleven here. That's not bad for me because I I can't do the mornings. You see. Well, if you I, find I, any I British single women that need a good man, you just <laughs> tell them about me. Man, there's lo <laughs> there's loads here, but you know you've got to have uh, you've got to have the money here. You see. Yeah. Well, I can get the money. We can go rob the <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, you've got to have, um, you know, no, anyway. <laughs> well, let, let, look, man, let, let's joke, just, just, let's, yeah. Just, let, let's not go there right now. Okay. Let's not go into Jesse James. Uh, no, no, no. No, no. Right, so. <laughs> so but yeah, brother, it was great talking to you, man. Yeah, thanks, man. And uh, I look forward to the future as well, yeah, because I want to connect with you in future. I want to, uh, like, swap information on, uh, like, bands yeah. and albums and, and music and stuff as well. Send me a link to our podcast so I can share yeah. it. Yeah, oh, I'm going to do that straight after we get off. And you know what? Uh, God bless you, brother. Yeah, and God bless you. And, you know, you know, the almighty, the almighty spirit as well bless you too, man. Yeah. So yeah. thank you, Brian. Thank you for joining us. And you, uh, I, I bid you a very fond farewell, man. All right, man. And go okay. get you a glass of wine. And, you know, <laughs> I've got, I've got a, little a little glass of cider. That'll do for me. Put the, put the Led Zeppelin on and <laughs> yeah. chill out. Thanks, man. Cheers. That was, um, yeah, an interesting, very really colourful chat with Brian there. And it just shows you that, yeah, we all have so many different backgrounds and just different beliefs, different ways to look at PCS. And uh, Brian's a true warrior, you know, kind of like getting through it there on his own. Never having any treatment. Never, you know, going through the system. But still today he's got hope. And after everything he's been through, he's a lot of redemption in his life and giving himself the, the, the opportunity for a fresh start, even against all that prejudice, which is, is a very kind of complex subject as well, what we're talking about. Um, but a very intelligent, very smart gentleman. And uh, we'll look forward uh, to chatting to Brian again in future. Uh, like we're just saying, we're maybe going to do some specialist podcasts on certain topics where we discuss things. So Brian is definitely hope he's going to agree to be part of that as well. All right, so uh, I just want to thank you very much for listening at this point. And uh, there's some more pod podcasts to come soon. Uh, we've got some more interviews and got some more uh, amazing stuff for you to listen to. So please keep uh, uh, kind of watching out for us. And um, again, you can contact us in many ways. On Twitter, the handle is at Post Concussion. On Facebook, you can look us up as Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide. Uh, we've got a few different groups, including ones for healing, ones for teenagers, ones for caregivers and parents, and other others as well. 
and also Action for Hidden Disability and Hidden Illness. And you can contact myself, David Bottomley. You can find me on Facebook or contact me at uh, thedavidbottomley at gmail.com as my email address. And you can find us on WordPress, post-concussion syndrome awareness UK dot wordpress dot com. Um, I think that's probably you can find us any one of those ways. So yeah, uh, that was good fun tonight, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, I don't want the podcast to be too kind of staid or too you know kind of uh, similar. Um, you know, the format is always going to be different. Uh, it should be really quite open. And bringing people in, you know, their own character, their own lives, letting them express themselves and talk about their own injuries and their own lives, I think is very therapeutic. So uh, it's definitely a massive bonus uh, for everybody. So thanks again for listening, and I'll bid you a very good good night. This is a very important disclaimer. In fact, it's not even a disclaimer. These are things that most sentient, intelligent, reasonable people actually know. And what am I talking about? In fact, in well, with the podcasts that we're making, you have to be responsible. Myself, my guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So, as society and the woke community community dictates, we're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you, is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. Any reasonable person knows that, but you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb as... A, B, C, X, Y, Z. So, please do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way. Please do your own research, your own um, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post-concussion syndrome or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out any more, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't, please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice. I don't know how many other ways to say it, but I'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realise that, yeah, we don't give that kind of advice. And if you did want that kind of advice, you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give give it to you in the first place. So don't worry about that. Uh, just enjoy the podcasts. And uh, this summit is 24 now at least and, and just, just really, really uh, have a, a wonderful time and please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just just really, really enjoy what we're doing and so much love and respect to you all. Thank you. <laughs>